You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It seems like a long time since we did a podcast, was it? No. What was the here, here's a quiz for you? Ten days. What was the last movie we reviewed? <laughs> I always like to do this quiz on you. Sully. Nice. <laughs> Sometimes the day after we watch a movie. In fact, if you ask me right now, this one that we just watched like, to be challenged. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're a bit like what is that? What character is that where they don't? I was going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> Mr. Magoo, Dora that's the something fish. totally different. That's, that's me without my glasses. Are you talking about Dora the fish? Dora the fish. I don't remember, you see. Yeah. What was the before the after the show discussion before we uh, started? It was... Uh, oh, it was about this movie. Looking at this movie stuff, the real true facts, and looking at some things on the Facebook, and discussing what we're eating for dinner, which we'll discuss later. All right, so let's just get straight into it. Get into it. Saturday, March the 25th. This is after the show number 472. We are a podcast. We review movies. You can listen to us. We're a husband and wife. We like movies. And we're great. You, you rarely tell people that we're married. You can is listen there a reason to us. For that? I'm just uh, giving the, uh, the description facts. in just case you've never man. listened to this before. Uh, oh, well, then we're going to have to catch him up on a lot of things. Well, you can go and listen to the 471 <laughs> shows that have previous to this. So, the movie we're looking at today is Patriot's Day. It's a 2016 release, released on Blu-ray on March the 28th, so you can pick it up. Is March the 28th this Tuesday? Yeah, I guess it is. Pick it up this Tuesday. So, uh, yeah. March the 28th. It's rated R, and it's from our friends at Lionsgate. And Sidtar, we give you the short synopsis of the movie Patriot's Day. Uh, short synopsis is it is a combination of fictional and non-fictional information from the day of the marathon, the Boston Marathon bombing. In 2013. Yeah, it's Hollywooded up and it's a little titanic if you want to use that as a verb. Or as a, is that a verb? Uh, no. Apply it as a, you know, a, Hollywood. a thing they've done to it. They've made up some fictional characters to mix in with the real characters to tell the story of the day that a lot of us already know the basics of. Yeah. I'd say really, there's not someone, two brothers set off two bombs on the Boston Marathon finish line, around the finish line, in 2013. Like so, a couple of cowardly twats. So, yeah, that's not that's not part of the synopsis. That's <laughs> That's opinion. So. Is that an opinion, really? Yes. No, that's a fact. So, um, this is uh, Patriot's Day. Deepwater Horizon was the last movie Peter Berg did. And it didn't seem so long ago. In fact, it wasn't. It was probably a month ago we watched it. And uh, we saw the trailer for Patriot's Day at the beginning of that Blu-ray. Uh, I want to say Deepwater Horizon was really, really good. And enthralling and action-packed. And it got nominated for an Oscar for the special effects. Uh, so, Patriot's Day is uh, Peter Berg's... At the moment, exploring these, he did Lone Survivor, Deepwater Horizon, and now Patriot Stays, exploring real-life incidents that are have a patriotic people coming together to meet. You know, that that's how they feel. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we are not going to be overcome by something. We, we'll persevere as, as humans, Americans. Reminds you of what you're capable of if the shit hits the fan, essentially. And he does it in a... This is a similar style. Um, it's it's kind of... Uh, I like his style that he's actually developing. It's his own thing. And I, I thought while watching this movie, this one in particular, parts of it feel very real. Like you're li- actually watching a documentary at some points. Parts of it feel a bit over, overly Hollywoody, but not too much of it. And then parts of it feel like super gritty and realistic. Like there's a there's a shootout in this um, movie, spoilers, um, in the middle of it. That is one of the most realistic shootouts I've ever seen in, in a movie. It's, it felt like, oh my God, I'm in the middle of this. How must policemen feel in the middle of this? It really It's brought, horrible. It's yeah. horrible. I said, it's just, I mean, you get the split thing of certain jobs in this world. And police officer, law enforcement, military is one of those where... The 
payoff for doing your job when bad things happen is humongous, and yet the cost of doing your job when something terrible happens is horrible. Like, it's... And you don't know. That that did make you feel like, God, it was so claustrophobic, and I didn't even realize that had gone down. Now, how much of that is 100% true, I don't know. No, I just looked at it. It's about 95% true, that scene. What happened? The amount of cars, the you know, well, we'll, we'll say later, but um, how this movie's structured, I really liked. It's kind of, again, like Deepwater Horizon. It's a slow, quiet morning. You get to meet all the different characters, and there are quite a few in this movie. There, are, It's not just following um, Mark Wahlberg's character. It's There's several characters getting ready in the morning. You see them all. You see how it's just a normal day, people getting ready, and then approaching the... You know, to go to the marathon or to go and watch the marathon or actually to some people to go and watch the um, Boston Red Sox, is it? <laughs> the, yes. Some, there's actually a, um, a baseball match taking place. Is it a match? Uh, no, big game. Game. Sorry, I'm English. Uh, taking place at exactly the same time. Some people are actually going to watch that and the marathon's right next to it. So it affected a lot of people. But how this movie uh, at the beginning introduces you slowly to the people, takes about 20 minutes, and then gets to the race, and then cuts real footage of the race with their you know reproduction of the race that they've made, which I have to say, it looked exactly the same. <laughs> like, it's hard to tell It really did. Yeah. Um, Peter Berg's got the team to make that, and like the Deepwater Horizon disaster, it just you're convinced yeah, it has you're to look like it. Yeah. it has to look like it, otherwise you will not not buy it. And there's a lot of like camera footage from real the real thing on that day, mixed in with the Hollywood you know special effects and stuff. I never thought once about special effects in this movie, so and there must be some, but I never thought about any special effects. It just seemed very realistic. Um, when the explosion goes off, or the, there's two explosions, it's like a really shocking moment. If you watch this on a biggish screen with your surround sound cranked up, the way it actually occurs, it's a quiet moment, and then the, it really feels like some bombs went off. Because that's how it... If you were there, you wouldn't have no idea it was coming. No, so. and the, the noise is really well done. It's like so loud and booming, and then all of a sudden it's like... There's a cloud of smoke, and then it's just chaos. Like, nobody knows what to do. And even those moments when you see Matt Wahlberg's character, Tommy Saunders, looking around, and he can see, like, there's a leg on the floor, there's somebody's foot, there's a child with blood all over them, crying, like, and you see, like, him. And, you know, we think, oh, police officers and firemen, they know what to do. And somebody says, we need help or whatever. But, no, I mean, yes, they might know what to do. You're, you're trained, but you're. It's but not in a, a moment like that. Yeah, it seems surreal. I bet, like this, somebody's leg. There. I think that's why post-traumatic stress disorder happens because in the moment, you just you go into autopilot. Whatever training you have, whatever humanity you have, whatever needs to get done, you do. And then later is when your your mind starts. That's just you kicking into gear, right? Right. And then later, your mind starts. Letting the emotions that would have happened at that moment all flood in. And because you, I don't know, you, you're never able to really cope with them. You know, it's just like a loop in your head, I can imagine, where you you doubt every single thing you did. You wonder what you could have done better. I mean, it's just terrible. So, so yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think they portrayed respectfully as well. It doesn't feel like gratuitous, I don't think. Like Deepwater Horizon didn't either. It feels like you want... Peter Berg wants to respect the day. Um, some people might say, well, to recreate it and make people live through it again on the screen is bad. It's like, mm-hmm. horrible. No, maybe you don't want to do that. Maybe you could skip that part and like go to just the aftermath or whatever. But I think he'd, I think it really captures what happened. And then that's 20 minutes into the film. You might think, well, what's the rest of the film then? Well, the rest, it, then it kind of turns on its, in, into like a, procedural uh, a police yeah. procedural film it's almost like two films to like catch this thing them. yeah i mean no spoilers here everybody pretty should know what happened yeah the real events yeah but then it turns into this very interesting i thought because after after the thing had happened i was like okay where's this movie going to go now we're we just going to see interviews with people and stuff 
But no, it goes into like the FBI's, um, what do you call that? Command center that they build. And it shows you how they break down everything. And it shows you how like they take all the cell phones and get all the data off them from people. So they've got all the video footage of the day. And it shows how that leads to catching these two idiots. And during all this time, you get to see a little bit from the side of the, uh, what do you call them? Terrorists. You do get to see a little bit of their life. You don't life. get to see their point of view or anything. All no. you're seeing is, because they show you the couple whose legs both get blown off mostly, and like just that's their day. They're going about their day. And they want to show you that every single person approaching that moment was just doing their day. And these two, other than their cowardly bullshit thing that they want to do, I don't, the main guy, the big older brother, particularly. The other one's just as I can't asshole. pronounce his name, so. <laughs> um, Tanyarov, I think, is, or Tanyarov. Tamalan is the oh, yeah. older brother, yeah. Yeah. But it just, it shows them exactly the same tone and a, a distance. We're not getting any, it doesn't go like, the music doesn't go dark. We don't get any deep, dark tones or it, it, it the camera work doesn't treats them as though they're change. just having a day. Exactly. Yeah. They are approaching this day. You know, and then you have to step back and look at them. And, you know, these are just humans making a choice. Just like the humans, the couple who's going to spend a day out together. They have the day off. The father with his kid and the stroller whose wife's probably in the race. I couldn't, I wasn't sure. Everyone's approaching the same point here in, in life. In the whole of the universe, you're all crisscrossing at that moment. And these two people are doing the same thing. Doing but they're thing. bringing with it something that. To destroy something, which, but he doesn't focus on that. He lets you in a little bit to the guy's anger. Shows you him watching a laptop video a of little bit, how though, to make a bomb. But very casually. Right. Just, there's a little kid in the room and the wife's walking around and it's just a, if you were sitting in that room and watching, it wouldn't be like this den of, of villainous darkness, you know, and anything. It's just a couple of dickheads. Doing this thing. And that's what I really liked about that approach. Because, you know, other movies could take the approach where you get the weird camera moves and a little bit different. The dun, 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 dun. And it really shows you them that. for a while because that's always interesting to see the bad guys, what they're actually to doing. To wonder, yeah. yeah. And right. who knows what part of it's accurate or right. not. I know what they, they have evidence of what they found in the apartment. The, but who knows about the conversations. The younger brother dead. was a drug dealer on the campus. And the, yeah. those things are real things. Yeah. And I did dive into those little things a little bit. But he's a big fat loser. Yeah. You know, and his big brother is just an idiot. Completely and, brainwashed. Yeah. Or not. In the movie, <laughs> it portrays him as like this loser, um, just, afraid of his brother. And that's not an excuse. I'm saying he's just a, he's nothing. He's got, and yet he wants, he's going to be part of this kind terrible of a young, thing. A young dude who. To be fair, I know that, that you give me inf- more information out of a live person, but I wish they'd both been murdered or killed on the day. That would have been fine with me. Yeah. And I said the cat, the older. Because it's not, well, it's murder, but I mean, just end their life if that's what they want to do to everybody else. The older brother was killed. The younger brother was captured. And the, if it was the other way around, I think the older brother would have had more information. I don't even know if they had information, though. It seemed like they were very singular. Yeah, who knows? It didn't even feel like... It, the way this movie portrays it, it didn't feel like they were behind anything. They were just doing it themselves, like because they have a belief. Not like, hey, somebody told us to do it today. Yeah, there was no eluding that, that, because I don't know if that's Because they don't the know, real. right? I don't know. <laughs> we're not going to know. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, it, that's how it deals with the bad guys here. But then the rest of the movie goes into this procedural, you know, kind of... It's exciting, actually, the way they do portray it. It um, follows them how they use video and modern, you know, surveillance techniques. Actually, people's cell phone footage and stuff. To find these two dudes in a crowd of... I don't know how many people were there. Thousands. Tens of thousands. Yeah, to pinpoint these two dudes by... It was just really interesting to me how they how they pinpointed them, and it, it was through like one of them was wearing a hat. They call one black hat and one white hat, right? They were wearing hats. <laughs> one had sunglasses on, and then they kind of like looked at them in different places on different surveillance footage to piece like the timeline of 
where they would be. And then they actually saw that when the bomb went off, everybody reacts in a shocked, you know, every anybody. If I set a bomb off next to you, you would react in a certain way. These two know it's coming, right? So they don't react quite the, the same. The one as they said, well, they saw like, the one guy not looking yeah, that way, and that was which kind is of a clue. A tell, like, so they found them that way, but then when obviously you're not going to find them. But then there's the. But then you did. Yeah, but then there's <laughs> the thing about which I thought was interesting, where the police, the FBI, were saying. Well, we think it's these two guys. We're about 90, 99% sure it's these two guys, but we don't want to put the pictures out because, what? There'll be a lynch mob for them. Somebody else will get them before we do. Yeah. There'll be no... You know, they'll just disappear, probably. Somebody else will have them. or And then the somebody leaks it to the news, which was a real thing. So that had to be somebody in the FBI. Somebody in that room was like, fuck yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then it gets forced that everybody sees these pictures of them. And then it's this manhunt to find them. And it's not a particularly long manhunt. It, um, it is for the second guy. It's like 100 hours. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it gets dealt with fairly quickly. But it, I think it's really exciting because when... And it, you feel just kind of sick to your stomach when you're following them. Because it follows them in the middle of the film. Yeah. You get in a car with them. They're being kidnap dangerous. that guy, kill they the cop. I mean, it's just, you just want to reach in and like... just doing this dangerous. And they're there and, you, and you're like, I, you know, they're just fighting for their lives. They know they're wanted and they're just trying to go and actually do another terrorist exactly. thing. With these bombs in the car. And it's just tense. And I didn't know 100% what happened. But, you know, when they pulled up in the alley and I, and the guy, cop was in the car and you said... Oh, and the guy, I, I, I knew that cop was going to get shot at because yeah. I'd seen that a photograph of that before, but I, I didn't realize it like all missed him and stuff. I did, there was parts of it that I didn't know, like right. And then I had no clue that it escalated into what it did because no, it, it turned no. into a war. I didn't realize that either. It's like a war in a between two houses, like on where a street. we live. Yeah, it's like a war in our street. Absolutely, with cars. Bombs. Multiple cop cars, people throwing bombs, lots of shooting. Like, I mean, not I'm not talking like one or two shots. Like, <laughs> like yeah. shot, 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 shot. Everybody shooting. Machine gun came out. A at machine one point. gun came out. Yeah, it was insane. Like, so, and the action, the way that action is portrayed in this movie, I thought was really good. Just as a, even if it wasn't a real thing, just in an action way, he really filmed it well. It made me feel like I was in the middle of it. And when um, J.K. Simmons turned up and he said, "I'll flank them." And you were following him, this old guy, with his pistol. I was like, wow, this is so scary, like, for a cop. You're just supposed to know what to do, but it's so unpredictable. Exactly. You can't be prepared for every single situation. It you must know be your just... training. You know that if you get around behind them, you can probably shoot them. But, like, who knows? There might be two other guys with them that you don't know about. they just jump out and kill you. So, it all felt dangerous to me. The pacing was really good. It didn't feel long. It just felt like exciting and uh, what did you think uh, overall just the movie before we go into the cast I felt like it well it made me cry obviously because you start thinking of just any moment even our neighborhood two days ago yeah you texted me and said I just heard gunfire now we don't live in that we don't live in any no. kind of neighborhood we live in the most bland uneventful neighborhood ever I mean if somebody drives fast up the road you're like what the yeah. I mean, it stands out, right? It's just a boring subdivision, middle class, skirting the middle so class. So we're used kind of to hearing fireworks go off yeah. just randomly <laughs> sometimes. But you said it sounded like gunfire. And then we yeah. find out some asshole was out in the yard, but some other guy claims that they were, it was on the news later, claims he was trying to sell him a gun, wanted to show him how it worked, and shot into the air. But he was there was anger going now, on. Now, it could have been, <laughs> but anything could have happened. Those bullets go somewhere. So somebody could have been walking their kid. I could have been driving up that road up there and the bullet could have just flown in and have no clue this guy where it fired comes from. Five shots into the air, right? And that's what I think of I was arrested. This situation this is somebody, another person, another human being, one of our own species, two of them actually, just wanting to destroy other people and you cannot predict it. And that's the vibe I got from this movie, even though it wasn't stylized that way it just it was so 
calm and I won't say mundane in a bad way, but mundane as here's everybody coming to the race and it's the Boston Marathon and the news people are there and it just seems like a normal day, which every day is a normal day, isn't it? Until mm-hmm. some shit goes down and it reminds you that everywhere you turn, there can be an asshole waiting to cause a problem. Now, an accident is one thing. Terrible tragedies and natural disasters are, are different. You you still can't be prepared. But when a person is making an effort to make that terrible thing happen, you are truly, I mean, I don't know how anyone can prepare for that. So that's what it kept reminding me. And it's sad because of the people who died and they were just standing on the side of the road, probably cheering somebody on, two ladies and a young boy. And the people, loads of people lost their limbs, their legs, um... You know, three people died. Yeah, two hundred and sixty-four people were injured, badly injured. Yeah, yeah, very badly injured. Lots of limbs got lost, and all the police, everybody who's involved. Also, it completely changes your world because now every year, if I'm going to go watch the Boston Marathon, right? There's lots of new this rules. This movie in reminds place. me, yeah, that even now when I watch it, it reminds me. I think of it. I think it's a it's a destination for someone who wants to cause havoc. And that also then translates to other big events, you know, Super Bowls, World Series, anything American thing yep. that symbolizes to somebody else how horrible and terrible we are, for whatever fucked up reason that is. Pardon my language. There's your adult rating for you. But it really makes me mad. And so, and not just not just American, but like, you know, attacks have happened in Brussels and France in London and England. This week. Exactly. This week. Exactly. That you're just going about your business in your life. Just like these people are portrayed. And that unstoppable train of a person who is, and I don't, I I will say misguided. Because that's not what humanity is about. Ripping everything down so that your thing can be injected when you build it all back up. I mean, that's the idea. So this movie just kept me on that. So then I kept thinking about it. And it wasn't a... I don't know. It's not like a big action flick. It's not like the Horizon one. I mean, it's, it's got a fair amount. It does, but it doesn't middle. have that. It doesn't have any trickery with the camera. It doesn't do any glossiness with colors. Like it. No. It doesn't try to be super sharp visually. The music is just right because it just music takes you is along. a Trent Reznor, by the way. Right. That's a good it really feels good. like somebody cares about telling you this story. Right. And so I feel like it's really good. I wouldn't recommend it to everyone because it'd be quite upsetting. It's really high quality, though. Yeah, super and, high um, quality. Even the end part, where like Peter Berg likes to do this, he did it in Lone Survivor, he did it in Dewar Horizon. He shows you the real people, and this this one's actually fairly lengthy at the end. There, it's like five minutes, but it shows you video clips of the real people, and it shows you title cards of you know photographs and cards and stuff. Um, it's really respectful. I can understand why people were... Uh, this movie was... People stood up. What do you call it? Um, standing ovation on this movie. Because at, at the end there, it's hard not to I mean, feel... It's a combination. So, it's a lot of people criticize it yeah. and didn't like it and pick it apart, but that's every movie. So it, when you're telling a true story mixed with fiction, you're just going to get that anyway. But yeah. the feeling of... The, the triumph of a city... Because when you think about searching... Every inch of every building, every alley, every basement, every boat, because the guy was found in a boat in a backyard, in a, in a neighborhood just like ours, right? It seems impossible. And yet, you know, it happens. People track down murderers and terrorists and, you know, a lot of unsung heroes that we never hear about, of course. That's what also reminded me that, you know, yes, some bad guys get away. And you may never know everything that you need to know. But the idea that people are going to, like, not avenge... Well, it is avenging, isn't it? It's like, you've you've done something really horrible. You need to be accountable. And we will hunt you down. We will find you. And I think that that kind of was what makes people rise up. Because you go, whoa, that was a success. They're not always successful, you they know? Fi- they finally find them with uh, one of the very key things towards the end is... Uh... The younger, the younger brother uses his cell phone, which is a. I'm imagining the text that we saw might have been the real ones. I don't right. know, but we saw some lame ass texts he was giving, texts he was sending. 
But he's he, just an idiot. But he didn't have a burner phone. He actually had a, a phone. Right. And he Easily it. trackable. Yeah. Easily, yeah. <laughs> that just shows you. Yeah. That, there are no genius masterminds here. No. That, no, they didn't They didn't betray them that way, and they didn't seem that way either. So moving on to the cast, Mark Wahlberg plays Tommy Saunders. Tommy Saunders' character is not a real-life character, let me say. Um, so I believe, like, Mark Wahlberg's character is probably made from the essence of different people that Peter Berg will have talked to on the force. Like a ballsy guy, a guy who's injured. Because he's, he's different, isn't he? He's different from the... Character that Mark Wahlberg plays in Deepwater Horizon, for instance. This this guy has got a particular thing. He's got an injury. He's also kind of got a bad mood. He's yeah limping around. He's, he's kind of um, been in a certain position on the force, and then he's... So he's created he's a whole person here. Yeah. A very slightly two-dimensional. Yeah. It's yeah. a very movie character, yeah. isn't it? Like, he's... You know, you know I would like to have better if he had said that he'd combined two real people, but that's not the case. He just made this guy and... I think he out. might. I I feel like he can buy. I feel like he must have took personalities from different people he'd met, police people. Mm. But there again, it does feel a little bit like I'm the copper and it's the la- my last day on the job. Oh my god, I have to do this thing. He's not the last day on the job, but it feels like that type of character. You know, the one that you you go, oh yeah, that guy. But um, I think Mark Wahlberg really pulls it off. Mark Wahlberg um, didn't want to make this film at the beginning. He thought it would be disrespectful to everybody. And then Peter Berg said he was going to go ahead and make this film anyway. And Mark Wahlberg said, uh, now I know I have to make it because other people will F it up. I know how to make it not be f up. And I know how to work with Peter Berg to make sure he doesn't go over the top. So there's something to be said for that. I think Mark Wahlberg does a really good job in these type of movies. I believe him, I told you, as a worker man or a everyday man or a, I always do think he fits really well into that and uh, what did you think of him on this yeah he was good because I got the vibe that he was a tired uh, ornery like you know but a little bit flat in the Hollywood world but I was sold on it I didn't feel the hero thing from him I didn't like how they wove him through so he was basically in every single element yeah. He solves the problem of figuring out the timeline. That was there very when they movie-ish. find him in yeah. the boat. They da, 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 you know. So that I don't like. I you could have erased him, in fact. Used uh, the real people characters and and weave us through. I would have been fine with that. Use the lady on the roof, which I assume was a real cop, because she was had a really yeah. good attitude, really hardcore attitude, you know, like But he's your um the oh, but you can make him, on him one of those people though. Yeah. Make him a real person. Make him the commissioner or the FBI guy, something. I'd have made him the Kevin Bacon character or something like that. Um, or make Kevin Bacon person. the guy who's the head, the thing, you know? Make Kevin Bacon the star, so you focus... Well, he's the FBI guy, kind of boring, but... Yeah. Pick one of those real people. But yeah, it was kind of unnecessarity... Uh, unnecessarity. Unnecessary <laughs> to have a um, fictional character amongst all the other people are not fictional characters. So he feels a bit like a movie device like we need to show you how we got to the bottom of this thing so what better than through his eyes and then we need to show you the shootout um conveniently he's there at the shootout like it's um it is a bit of hollywood that's the most hollywood part of this movie really uh john goodman plays the real life commissioner ed davis what do you think of john goodman yeah, it's alright. I mean, he just had to be commanding and frustrated and... Kind of does that mostly on most things, doesn't he? When um, he said he had to figure out the guy's story and all this, how the real commissioner lowered crime in Boston, I thought, no, he didn't. Yeah. He just had to say the lines. And that's, I mean, I'm not a huge John Goodman fan, so I'm always looking for him to win me over. And in this, he fit exactly. I'm convinced he's that guy because he's a aging... And we saw the overweight. real guy and him. Yeah, I mean, the attitude... Was there, I guess. I mean, I was convinced that, you know, this guy had to take charge, but then he had to step down a bit because the FBI rolls in and, you know, it's a whole big... Yeah. She'll kneel, the governor shows up, the mayor shows up. It's a big deal. And I think he commanded it just right. He, he wasn't like, hey, I'm John Goodman. You know, pay attention to me. He kind of blended just You know, right. in Red State. Yeah. <laughs> when he played the FBI guy in Red State. It's pretty much the same guy. <laughs> he was a little more funny, though. 
But that guy is the guy. Whenever he has to be a cop or something, he reverts to that guy, and it, it's nothing, never anything surprising. But he's pretty good. Uh, Kevin Bacon plays Special Agent Richard Desorius. What did you think of Kevin Bacon? I mean, he's Kevin Bacon, but he's serious, serious. Doing his what else, best. What else can he do? There's no joking. There's no funniness. There's no humor. No, it's just, but you wouldn't want that. He has to. Yeah, the only one who has the... a little humor is. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> yeah, but even that, it just... It, this isn't a jokey movie at all. No. It's not that. No. So Kevin Bacon, yeah, he's like John Goodman. He does what he does, and he does it fine. J.K. Simmons plays Sergeant Jeffrey Pugilis. I think that's how you say it. I like him really a lot. I like that you saw him like with his wife at the beginning. I liked that... And he really did... The real guy did that, where he snuck through the alley and got them from behind. He actually got that shot, so... I did like how you saw all that, you know, with J.K. Simmons. Uh, he, he's not in it a ton, but when he is in it, he's good. There, in fact, this whole cast of like these supporting people, they're all very good at what they do, and what they do is not be too showy. Like they're just doing this, like trying to be the real exactly. person. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Michelle Moynihan plays Carol Saunders. What did you think of? Uh, I mean, I always like her. But we've agreed, as we discussed it, it could have been anyone. She's the second fictional character. Yeah, she's fictional. She's slightly upset that her husband may be in danger once she's there and then she goes home. She just goes home instead of going to the hospital, which didn't make any sense. (laughs) So I thought that was kind of weird. Um, But yeah, it could have been, you know, she's she's good, but it didn't give her any... Nothing to it. Yeah. Like, I mean, she cried. And I she said to like, you, like Kate Hudson. I like watching her. In Deepwater Horizon. Yeah. I mean, I'm convinced she is that woman. It's some, Yeah, it's somebody to anchor you to the main character and go, oh, well, they've got a wife. But she they... doesn't, like, overpower everything. Right. So. Um, Alex Wolf. I can't say, say those names. I'll just call it Terrorist Number 1 and Terrorist Number 2. No, that's Black Hat and that's White Hat. Yeah. The first one is Black Hat. Alex Wolf and Thermo Melchideezy. Is that right? Don't know. Uh, what do you think of these two? You know what? They're the, really good. The canniness of how they look like the real people it's is crazy because yeah. they show you. I'm sorry, real... that's sorry. Tamerlan. The car. The real guy is the white hat. Yeah. Yeah. So they show you real footage. There's a there's a part. They mix the real pictures in with the actors, so that you're not wa- you're watching real footage when yeah. they're catching them on the street. You're not. They didn't. Redo that. That's no. the real guys. The part where they go to the where they kidnap the Chinese guy and they go to the petrol station and he goes go, goes inside to get something to eat. They show you the real security footage, and the actor and the real guy. Not once really do you go. Oh wow! Look, there's a different guy. They just seem like the same guy. It's yeah, really, definitely. It's so well done. The um the way they merge it together. Um. But yeah, these two terrorist guys, I think they were, I actually think they were fantastic because I I literally hated the guns <laughs> and they weren't I mean, they it is kind of heavy-handed the way they portray them. Uh it's it's designed to make you feel like you want them to be caught, right? It's just designed that way and really laid on thick like we really got to get them. Um which is exactly what should happen to them, but they actually played it really well. One brother is really super into the, you know, terrorism. <laughs> and the other one is kind of a younger kid who is following his older brother. Like, and doesn't really look 100% like he wants to, like, all the time. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. He's just a dude selling drugs to kids at school. And But uh, they come across, I don't know, nobody knows them, I guess. <laughs> nobody knew them, really, what they were really like. So, no, they, there's lots of new stories about them after the fact. I mean, but, yeah. But what I just read was not many people really knew them. Right. They were pretty loner-ish type people. So there wouldn't be tons of stories to tell about them anyway. Yeah, so. they didn't add much to them, which was good. You didn't get a big, humongous story about their conversion to a radical Islam or anything like that. You just, you pick up where you pick up with everybody else. This is what they're doing that day and that's it. And you don't get a lot of backstory. Uh, Melissa Benoist plays Catherine Russell, who is the wife of the older terrorist dude. 
Uh, what did you think of it? Yeah, what do you think? Well, uh, I watch Supergirl every <laughs> single week, so do you. Um, so we know her as Supergirl, which is a completely different role to this role. And this <laughs> role, she, where she's being interviewed in this uh, movie. And she actually has to swear a little bit. And uh, it's a very serious adult topic that is going on. I think she did a really good job of it. Yeah, she's very serious. I was thinking, you know, we watch her in Supergirl. It's cheeky. She is what she is. But she she can actually do this too. Like, this serious, you know. And this is a controversial role. I'm sure she was... I'm sure the people who make Supergirl were like, hey, do you really need need to go and do that role? Because we, you know, we, we like you as Supergirl and we don't want people to think of you as something else like that. But so, yeah, I think she did a good job. Um... And then finally, I put down um, Jibby Ouyang, who plays Dun Meng, who's the Chinese. Um, is he? A, he's a student, isn't he? MIT. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kidnapped by them, and then he escaped. Which from is the effed car. up, isn't it? <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, that that's whole like... scene where they're they're just driving him in the car and asking him questions. I'm and like, seeing the actual footage dead. of him running out of the gas yeah. station, it's just like, it's chilling. It's chilling. Yeah, I I I was. Like, on the edge of my seat. Because I didn't actually know what happened to that dude. And I was like, when he started asking that question... <laughs> Again, we're not talking about very smart individuals here during this terrorist attack. Because they tell him, you you know, the the marathon bombing? That was us. And I killed a police officer. Yeah. He just tells him. And that's true. He did tell him. In, in that way of... um Pride. Yeah, I am... Look what I can do. Yeah, I'm so scary and I'm proud. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. That was that. But... um. Yeah, they're, they're not very smart. They're wandering wandering around the city and they are carrying bombs yeah. also, just in cardboard boxes. Uh, when there's just been a, when they've actually bombed somewhere and then they're just, you know, kidnapping people and walking around with bombs. They're not very smart at all. So, uh, Jimmy O'Yang, I think he played it very fantastic. Well. Yeah, yeah, really well. And that, you know, the whole thing of when he ran into the petrol station to tell the guy, I've been kidnapped and this these guys. And, he was trying to like he's just going into the corner know, of the room he's trying afraid, to yeah. like I I can't I can't even be stood in here I need to be I, I need to be like underneath something that would be what you like I guess terrified like completely terrified um, so this is directed by Peter Berg you know Peter Berg he was an actor turned director directed Lone Survivor Battleship Deepwater Horizon just recently and this very bad things uh, he's, he was also in a lot of movies back in the day. Um, I'm really liking what he's doing. He's um, this real life um, kick that he's doing. He's done three now. I don't know if he's doing more. I don't know if he's going to continue doing these type of movies, but they really are quality movies. He knows, Definitely high quality. He knows how to put a movie together. It's well filmed. Um, it sounds good. It's very realistic. The motive. I wish he would lay off on the fiction a little more, though. If he's yeah. going to do a real life thing, if he's going to do a nonfiction, then go for it. If you can do, I mean, if you can do fiction, go for it. If you can do nonfiction, don't mix it up. Deepwater Horizon didn't do that. He didn't have fictional characters in that one. He, everybody was a real person in that one. So. In this one, I don't know. I think he was trying to tug at your heartstrings a little bit more by doing certain things. But, um, yeah, you don't need to do that, really, I don't think. So extras on this Blu-ray, and there are a few. Let me uh, grab the Blu-ray. So you get special features. You get um, Boston Strong, Three True Stories of Courage, and Researching the Day. You get the Boston Bond recounting the tale. The Real Patriots, the local hero stories. The cast remembers and uh, actors meet real-life counterparts. The actors meet real-life counterparts one is interesting because you see um, John Goodman sat with the real guy and you also see Jimmy O'Yang sat with the real guy, Dun Meng. And uh, it's cool that they actually got to meet each other before... I don't. Was that before or after? Do, do you know? It'll be after. They've, they're discussing it like Wouldn't, they've done it all already. Yeah. But I guess they met on the set too, because you did see. They already met them. This is just them talking about doing the whole thing, yeah. So I think it helps in this kind of movie to for an actor to meet the real people, because you can get some kind of sense of them, and I think they did. So uh, yeah, it's a bunch of good extras actually. If you get a real life story like this, I think you'll want this kind of stuff, like the real stories, and there are a bunch of it. So uh, what what's your conclusion on uh, 
Patriot State. It's good, solid. Fills out emotions. Tells the story of what you can check and fact check. Um, but gives you a bit of a more, you know, we're not there. We aren't going to live it. We can't be empathetic because we can't. Li- we aren't going to live through it. But it can add to your sympathy for even the tiniest, like one half of one tenth of one billionth of a percent of how a person can get through a situation like that on the on the victim side and still go on. And I think that's all these movies can do. It doesn't riles, rile me up to go, you know, I don't know, sit on my porch with a gun or anything. It just, I think it would for some people. Oh, sure. I was, I was thinking that while I was watching. Yeah. This would make some people <laughs> want to go and shoot people who kind of look like those people. You know, people who are not so... Clever. <laughs> I don't know if they're not clever at all. I think that it just... I mean, the people, t- they just go, see those people? Well, all of those people are Yeah, I don't that. know. I don't think that's not clever, though. I don't think that's fair. It's not, not It's not lack of intelligence. It is an emotional response to... And something primal about us, I suppose. But we're, we've been around long enough to know better. But it pulls at something in you that you can't unpull. You know, the emotion of trying to protect your family... And your friends, and your stuff, and your way of life. And when someone truly is threatening that, which is what they're doing, that's real. It's not an imagined threat, right? There's something that happens in you. Now, different people can approach it different ways, for sure. Some people just go, like, at the top of the line where it's like, I'll kill them all. <laughs> like, and, and like you said, lump everybody together who looks like that and acts like that and talks like that, whatever it is. And then there are people, you know, as you go down the scale, who approach it different ways. I don't think it's a lack of intelligence. It's just you have to take a step back sometimes. Now, if you're in the situation where there's an immediate threat, I say just go for it and, you know, stab them in the eyeball. I don't give a shit. If somebody's trying to attack you or me or somebody I care about, I, I have no problem with uh, shedding some blood. That's just the way I am. That's the way I'm made. But if it's, uh, you know, preparing for that, you can't just think that way. Like, I'm going to stab everybody in the eye. So it is a good uh, representation of these events, but don't... It is filtered through a Hollywood eye, so just remember that. Mm -hmm. But it actually makes it entertaining, where a documentary would just be kind of harrowing and horrific. This is more of a... It makes it entertaining as well as harrowing and horrific. It's pretty harrowing. Yeah, but it's also like, once it gets into the chase... You're so invested in wanting these, even though you know they, they get caught, you're still invested in get them, get them, get them, aren't you? you know? Even when the Chinese guy says, just get those motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, yes, do it, you know? So, yeah, it is really riveting. Like, it's a really good movie. So, um, thanks to Lionsgate for Patriot's Day. You can buy it on Blu ray on Tuesday. Uh, next week's Blu ray review will be Ben Affleck's Live by Night. We're going to look at that next week. Ben Affleck directing a gangster movie, which looks kind of interesting. Movie recommendations this week. I am going on the theme of Patriot's Day. I'll go with 13 Hours, which was the Benghazi movie from last year, which is another real-life filtered through the eye of Michael Bay, so some people would say not very real life. But it felt very real to watch it and watch the events unfold, and it just felt like, oh my god, what would you do in this situation? Like, It's just horrendous. It is. Uh, and my other one is on the Peter Berg tip. Is his one of his first films, uh, Very Bad Things, with um, Christian Slater. It's a uh, comedy, black, very, very black comedy, with horror elements to it. Um, it's really quite funny, and kind of like started... There weren't movies like that at that time. Now there are a lot of movies like that. But uh, it kind of started that kind of dark comedy so uh yeah very bad things yours are mine are going with my 30 year ago theme of from this year 1987 we have a couple of movies that are pretty much the opposite of one we just watched uh both of which are quite fun and one of them i need to watch again because i always loved it i've probably seen it about 50 times and they are adventures in babysitting Mm -hmm. with uh i always forget her name rosanna arquette no No. the other one the one from hollow hollow Whatever it's called. Hollow, Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Her. Patricia Arquette. Not, not, she's not an Arquette. 
Oh my God. Kevin Bacon. No. <laughs> the other girl. Uh, and Roxanne with Steve Martin. Because it's really a that is. When I see Hollow Man, I see Kevin Bacon and one of the Arquette sisters. It's not Arquette? I know it isn't, but that's how, in my mind, that's how Hollow Man is. It isn't. I know, I know it isn't. I'll show you who it is. But uh, those are my. And Roxanne is really fun. You know, it's a Cyrano de Bergerac story, but yep. told with in a small kind of town with the fireman and a and a mermaid. <laughs> What's her name? Not Demi Moore. No. Mermaid. She's a mermaid. Not in this movie. She's mermaid with Tom Hanks. Oh yeah, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Yes, Daryl yeah. Hannah. Steve Martin. Kevin Bacon. <laughs> As a mermaid. No wonder we can get to Kevin Bacon six <laughs> steps because we just everybody's Kevin Bacon. Adventures in Babysitting also fun, but Roxanne is just one of those. I don't know why it hasn't been remade again because it's pretty cute. Serrano de Bergerac. Serrano. Yeah, the actual one. Serrano. We call it Serrano. Serrano de Bergerac um, with <laughs> you know green card bloke. They remade it. What, which one? With the guy from Green Card. No, that was still a long time ago. Yeah, well, that, that was really after long Roxanne, time ago. wasn't it? I don't know, but that was still a long time ago. Well, it's time for a remake. Another one. Yeah, without that guy. He's really boring. Elizabeth Shue. Oh, yeah. Jesus, can you not think without this in front of you? Because it's like your brain turns off if that goes off the screen. Then you just... I ain't doing anything then. <laughs> I know, you just stopped talking. No, I mean, I'm saying I'm just waiting for you to tell me who was in Hollow Man. Yeah, you could also come up with other things to say. You don't have to read this or look at this the whole time. We have a Thanks little, for your instruction a, on that. We have a cheat sheet here to give you the uh, the rundown of what we're going to say. And when it disappears, it's like... Uh. Well, I'd finished saying what I was saying. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to... So I could Elizabeth go on to Shue my, is her name. Yeah. Elizabeth Shue Arquette. No. No. So um, moving on to games and Ace Scully stuff. I've been playing a new game this week. Near Automata. How do you say it? I don't know. I don't know how to automata, say it. Automata, automata, tomatoes, tomatoes. Automata, because it's automatons. Yes. So near, well, whatever, it, however you say it, and I've heard it said every way this week on all reviews. Um, it's new. It's on uh, PS4 and PC. Um, it's a, the sequel to Near, and that is a game that nobody played, including me. It was a not a critical success, not any success. It came and went. Nobody ever played it. I'm sure somebody did, but not amount of money. Um, this is a sequel to that game, but you don't need to have played that game because it's a, it's a story in itself. Some characters return from the near game, apparently, but that would be lost on me because I don't know. So what it is, is it's a action game, open world, and the story goes, Earth in the future, we get attacked by alien robots. The alien robots start screwing up the world and we decide, as the human race, to go. we've got the technology at this point, to go and live on the moon instead, where it's safe, and let the alien robots have the Earth. We go to the moon, we all live there, we're quite happy, we get everything set up, and then we decide we could actually make robots to go down to Earth to kill all the bad robots, and then eventually we would have the good robots and us, and we could come back to Earth. That's the setup for the story. So you, as a character called 2B, and you're, you have another robot alongside you called 9S, and you're, you're both sent down to the surface to do missions for the humans, and that involves cleaning up robots, uh, getting to the bottom of what's going on down there, and clearing up the debris and... You know, uh, you don't look like robots. The even like uh, the, the uh, nine two uh, B. She's a sexy looking robot, right? Yeah, you just look like anime characters. Yeah, and nine S is a cool looking anime looking dude. So they don't look like robots at all. They're human looking robots, and it does say when you're on the moon before you come down to the surface when they're talking to you, telling you all your mission briefings. Uh, one of them says to the other, if we're robots, why do we look like this? And she says, well, we might be robots, but our personalities still allow us to be vain. So oh, right. that's one of the things that's built into them. So that's why she she likes to be a sexy robot and he likes to 
be a cool guy with the sword. So this game is really awesome. It's made by Platinum Games, who uh, they're responsible for like uh, Metal Gear Solid Revengeance. If you ever played that one, the uh, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, which was the hack and slash type game. Um, so this is a pure action game. You've got like a light attack and a heavy attack. You slash, slash, slash at robots. They die. You pick up the stuff that drops. Um, there's big bosses, like giant bosses that you fight. It's not an RPG turn-based or anything like that. It's action. You, you've got a sword. You've got a little pod that floats above you that shoots. So you're shooting and you're slashing. And it's just a lot of fun. It's really good gameplay. You're, this quest to do, like an RPG, some, you know, you'll get down to the surface and you're, the people on the moon will tell you, oh wait, we, we, there's this giant robot we need taking out. It's in the docks area of this place. You go down there, you take it out, you get bonus rewards for doing it. You upgrade your weapons, you upgrade your pod. It's got that kind of thing. You want to keep doing it because like every mission you do, it's uncovering this big conspiracy or the whole reason why, you know, it questions. It's got a lot of questions in this game, like questioning like, we, as humans, make robots in our image and then we send them to do this dirty work. And because they are AI, they kind of start questioning why are we doing this for them and why do they put us in this kind of danger? And it's just really, like, interesting. Apparently the game has got 26 different endings, one for each letter of the alphabet. I have experienced a few. Uh, I will just spoil one of these endings. I've experienced one ending, and this was very funny. I uh, beamed down to the planet's surface. I opened my menu to see what I could do in the menu. I was like, oh, what can you do in these menus? And one of the menus was, uh, here's all your OS chips for your robot that, that you're controlling. Uh, you can change the OS chips. I can take, like the health OS chip out and put in a double health one. You know, it's like when you find better ones, you upgrade your robot by updating this chip list. And the top chip on the list said OS chip, uh, the main OS chip that runs the robot. So I came up, I, I thought, well, I want to rearrange all these chips. I'll, I'll have them in a better order and then it'll be cool. So I took the OS chip out and it the screen went boom, black. And the credits rolled, and it said, like, never oh. renew the OS chip. <laughs> so, it like, a trick. Yeah, so there are, and then it ended, like, the end. And then you go back in, you learn, don't ever remove the OS chip. So there are 26 endings, that is one of them. Some of them are obviously proper endings, but, like, I thought that was really cool. There's a lot of that in here, in there. Um, it's called Near Automata, Automator. It's on Steam. It's excellent. I highly recommend it. I want to play it right now again. When you say near, it's N-I-E-R. Yes. Um, I also got Mass Effect Andromeda this week, but I can't actually speak about it because I haven't played it because near has been taking all my time. So I'll talk about that one when I get around to it. And the other game I've been playing on Android is Super Mario Run. Now, Nintendo have broken out from making games just for their consoles by making an Android game, which is Super Mario and um, it's been out on the iPad for quite some time, but now it's on Android as well. And it's a one-button version of Mario. He runs to the right all the time, and you press the button to jump. So, if you like Mario, it's a different take on Mario, because you can't control which way he's going. But you have to jump at the right times, and it's all about having a smooth transition from one side of the level to the other. And it's the same as Mario. You go along, you hit all the things, you get the power-ups, you ring the bell at the end, you rescue the princess. But um, it is the best looking and polished Android game I've ever played. Android games, a lot of the time, are pretty kind of shitty. But when somebody like Nintendo makes a game, they don't half-ass it, so it feels like a very polished product. Uh, so that's Super Mario Run on Android. You can get that now. What's Svengoolie, and uh, why is... Svengoolie is a horror host. Horror... <laughs> And on Saturday night for two hours, he hosts a horror a horror movie of some kind, or it could be comedy horror like Evan Costello. Tonight is the original Dracula. From 1931. Yes, I'm excited because I do watch that. I have seen that. You said you haven't seen it before. but uh, I might have. I might not have. And uh, he dresses up funny and he makes, well, semi-bad jokes. jokes. <laughs> 
It's fun. It's on MeTV. If you're in America, MeTV. It's not everywhere, though, so... You can go to their website. It tells you where it, all the markets it's in. Yeah, it's in a lot of markets, apparently. The thing is, you can't watch it anywhere except on there unless somebody records it every week and puts There's it on no, YouTube. Which you can't they don't find. have a streaming app or anything, no. It's so. weird. It's very weird. So what's for dinner before we Tonight, leave? Tonight, it's going to be... Now, we've been eating some HelloFresh dinners because I keep getting a coupon to get it cheaper because I'm not paying full price. It's very pricey. But there's an amazing ingredients and every single thing. We've made six well, dishes three now. three this week. Yeah. And every <clears> single one... You do cook it yourself, but this enjoy the ingredients, the recipe, step-by-step, very clearly. And I'm learning how to do those things. So tonight, I'm combining some of those ideas, and I'm making... This sounds really fancy. Sounds like I'm on a cooking show. Mushroom... Roasted mushroom risotto with roasted shallot and asparagus on the side or mixed in. I don't know what yet. With mushroom sauce. The one we had last night. And a tomato and cucumber salad. Which was eggplant, quinoa, quinoa. and... Um, lemon. Lots of lemon and mint and Mint peas. and peas. It yeah. was so good. It was really good. Yeah. I mean, they're really good. It's just it's too pricey. It's so like decided, gourmet dishes. Yeah. So tonight I decided, well, I'll go and buy individual ingredients. So I got the cheapest of everything I could find on sale. When we say too pricey, it's $60 for three meals. Just $20 per meal, $2 a piece. It's like $10 going out to a meal. restaurant for real. Like. More than that. I mean, yeah. 10 bucks per person. But mm. I've been able to get it for 20 bucks for one week, which dropped it considerably. I got a free one. And then a, 40, a free one, a 20 and a 40 because my sister signed up for a week. Hopefully she remembers to do the trick where you cancel it. <laughs> Sign up and you, you get. Need to remind if you it. sign up for the first time, I could give my code, but it's kind of hard to. I think it's Cindy H or something like that. But I get twenty dollars off. You get forty dollars off to try it. I'm not advertising because they don't give a shit. They're not sponsoring this or anything. But um, it's it good is deal. good though and interesting because you do learn. Like you've learned some flavors that go together. From I mean, you can't come learn it from a recipe book, but it seems to be a really good way of learning it, right? Oh, absolutely. And I know how to cook. I mean, I will say I'm a pretty good cook. I just don't know a lot of ways to make all that weird shit where they say it needs to balance the flavors. And that's what they do. They really do. Yeah. And we've eaten things that every single time we look at go, each other and go, this could be from a restaurant. And you look at each other and go, I wouldn't have thought to put lemon in this, but how much a difference does lemon make to this? Or mint in this? Like, I might just have left mint out because it just can't be asked. I'm not good on mint. But when you put the mint in it, wow, it changes the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. If you want $40 off, I can send, I can give you a code. It's Cindy Hay, or C-I-N-D-H-A-Y. So sign up and use that as your uh, code. Yeah, C-I-N-D-H-A-Y. If you, you even if you just try off. it for a week. Um, and then as soon as you get your delivery, you cancel it. It's not a pyramid scheme, because I don't care. You can anything. cancel it immediately, actually. Yeah. Yeah, after you or you can it. just keep saying skip, 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 skip. Yeah. You go and look at their menu. If you don't like it, you don't get charged. You just skip it until you like a week. Or you get another coupon code of your own. Yeah, it's not one of them where you have to call them up to cancel no, it. You not, just press a no, button. No. <laughs> but we're going along with the next one because I did get it cheaper. So, but that's All right, what so what's your advice and then we'll leave. I couldn't come up with any advice today. All right, your advice is to use the code Cindy Hay. <laughs> not Cindy. C-I-N-D-H-A-Y. H-A-Y. At HelloFresh.com. On HelloFresh. Uh, my advice. Let me think. Let me think real quick. Uh, I don't know. Sleep more. It's probably good advice, but it's kind of boring. <laughs> um, I probably said it before. Don't let... The sun go down on me. Yeah, don't let the world and people... like continue. You're going to get molded when you're a kid until you're a certain age, right? By the world and the people around you. When you get to a certain age where you realize half of that or 90% of that is probably just those people sticking that shit to you. It's not what's soaking into you, but you think you have to carry it like a burden. You don't. You can be your own person. You can shed some of the shit and get some new shit, add to who you are, get rid of some of that blah, you know, that you have control to a degree of who you are, how you are in the world, because I can guarantee you when your time is done, those people who wanted to control who you are, they're not going to be there to control how you end go out of this world. You know? Well, hopefully. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's not something. Just be yourself. All right. Sound I'm gonna, advice. I'm going to distill that into be yourself. How's that? <laughs> sound advice. Original. Original. Let me remind you about our websites. You can be yourself on them. Aschooly.com. Sidsaw.com. 
Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. Catch this podcast on the Google Play Store, the iTunes Music Store, the RSS feed, aschoolie.com. Just click on the word podcast. You can just listen to it on the page or you can subscribe or you can listen to all 472 of them there. You can email feedback to me at aschoolie.com.emailsidtalk. And finally, uh, stay classy, Mr. Peter Berg. Two films in the course of two months, both been very good. So I can't wait to see what you do next. I'm going to say think for yourself or someone will do it for you.